Welcome to the Next Level Leadership Small Business Owner Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Vizanar. In this podcast, you'll learn the strategies, processes, and mindset to take you, your teams, and your organization to the next level. excited about today's episode because today I have a very special guest. He's an executive advisor, coach, trainer, and keynotes major leadership and sales meetings around the world. He is also the author of an emerging servanthood development program that is used across the globe. Nate's new book, DOTS, Developing Others Through Service, will be released in late spring 2019. He's the president and co-founder of DOT Service LLC, a leadership development firm located in Lakeland, Florida. And some of his recent clients include Southeastern University, Every Nation's 10 Days Missions Group, University of Alabama, Birmingham, University of Alabama, and Winston-Salem State University, to name a few. Nate, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thank you for having me, Ben. I appreciate this. Very hey, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to have you here. And also, I didn't mention this in the intro, guys, but I know Nate personally, and he's just an all-around, I wish I could have squeezed that in there somewhere, he's an all-around great person. Um, and I can say that with a straight face. But for those that don't know you, Nate, can you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do? Yeah, man. So uh, Nate Woods, um, you know, I, I'm excited to be here and just to share with you a little bit about who I am as a um, country boy. I'm, I'm a country boy from, from Salisbury, North Carolina, uh, who grew up and uh, well, I, I didn't have a lot. Uh, but the great thing is uh, I had great principles instilled in me from the people around me in my community, my parents and uh, my loved ones. And then I had mentors around me that were great, that, that invested in my life. And so I was able to uh, have a firm foundation before even getting into college, before starting you know, my first job. I, I was already set and I knew who I was and who I wanted to be and what I wanted to accomplish in life. Uh, and so uh, from there, I just went into corporate America and started working and getting established and started pastoring a church. Uh, and I kind of built some great leadership skills in pastoring a church and was able to build some competencies about working uh, in corporate America. And from the two, you know, aligning and coming together and just being one, making me, you know, I'm one person being able to operate in both fields. Uh, as I started working in, in, in retail, I realized there was this disparity between um, leadership and competency. And part of the issue, I believe, was one of my, one of my, uh, one of my bosses at the time, I, I remember um, building out a conference and a summit uh, a annual summit that we had and they wanted some material built and I built this leadership information out and it was nice Ben and it was great and when we went to present it you know the boss at the time was like man that's a bunch of fluff get that mess out of here we need competency you know relevant information that's gonna make our people better and I was crushed and I was hurt, and I was like, man, they really need leadership, 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 and I'm mm -hmm. building this information. But what I didn't know at the time was um, the business was um, going on 
downhill uh, financially. And so what they realized is there was a group of people at a certain level that were performing off of enthusiasm and not competency. And Mm -hmm. they wanted a program developed to build their competency level. They didn't need the leadership piece at that point. They needed competence. Something at first. Yeah. And and it was. Go ahead. No, and that's the part. That's and so what I do now is I help people to identify if they need leadership or if they need competency first. We need both. Uh, I call it the RoboCop effect. Uh, we need part machine, and we need you to be human as well. We need you to be robotic in a few things, and we need you to be human. We need both aspects. Mm-hmm. But what do you need at this moment? And that's what I help sure. organizations to identify. And, and improve upon, right? I, I hear a lot of uh, a lot of organizations and just new leaders in general, you know, and, and even HR professionals. They there's sort of a, a battle um, of, my, uh, of philosophies, you know, with competencies and then attitudes and perceptions, and and even in the I/O world, the industrial organizational psychology world, there's sort of two different parties. Uh, you know, one that believes in the core competency modeling, and then there's another one that believes in uh, you know, personality and uh, motivation, all that thing drives performance. And, and I kind of have a hybridized version of that. And, and I believe sort of similarly, you got to have a little bit of both. Um, because if you're highly motivated, like, you know, to use your example, you're highly motivated, but you don't have the skills necessary for success. And you have some really highly motivated, stupid people running around in big circles. <laughs> they got to have those competencies, you know. Um, and if they have all the competencies in the world, but they, they're lazy, or they just don't want to do the work, or they're not you know, I don't need to say motivated because that's an overly used word, but if they're not motivated to do that work or to help the organization grow in whatever manner leadership decides they should be growing in, then that's great. They have all those competencies, but they're just sitting on a shelf. They're not, they're not being useful to you in your organization. So you've got to find um, a, a mix of, of an individual or leaders that have both um, of those two camps per se. Um, so I'm definitely – uh, you know, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, man. I hear what you're saying, and I agree with it 100%. And, I, and, I, and, and, and that's the bad thing is a lot of organizations, um, when they talk about developing a leadership program like you had done with this particular organization, they aren't clear on what they want the outcomes to be, right? And I think that's sure. maybe from what I listened to, what, what I heard where, where your presentation and what you created and what you delivered and what they, what they ultimately wanted didn't align is because they probably didn't set from the outset or start from the outset by saying, Nate, this is what we want to accomplish, right? Yeah, and that's, um, I mean, I'm not sure if people are fans of um, of just, you know, just simple people uh, who, who've done extraordinary things like, like Stephen Covey, like just a, a simple guy who's done something extraordinary, right? Um, the, the seven habits of highly effective people, uh, and one of his habits, he says, is, you know, you begin with the end in mind. And that's something you learn as a trainer is you build content based on the end result. What do you want the end result to be? Uh, the great thing even about Ben uh, is, you know, that's one of the things when, when we worked together and we were able to have a lot of dialogue. It was always about the end result. What's the end so we can build out what we're going to talk about? Um, and that's the thing. If if we can't start a program with the end in mind, it's pointless. We can't build pro. You can't build anything. And there's nothing worth building if you don't know what you're building it for, or what the outcome that, is supposed to be. 
and that's 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 it, that to me, and you and I have talked about this before. To me, that should be sort of the foundation of everything you do. Is you know, and I don't want to. It's sort of a catchphrase, and I even hate saying what I'm about to say because everyone's using it and they're not using it in the right way. But you have to start with the why. You know, why are we doing it? What do we hope to achieve when we do it? Um, but a lot of organizations, I call them activity traps. Um, they create activity traps. You know, they, they let's go out and do a leadership training program. And I'm sure you've seen this in your experience of working with clients as well. Is you know, let's, I, I, I need, I know I need a leadership program or I need a sales training program. So let's go out and get one. And they don't ever think about why. Well, it just everyone else is doing it, and you know, my buddy over in this other HR, this other company's doing it. So I'm the leader of this HR company or this, you know, in the HR at this particular company, and so mm-hmm. I got to have one too. You know, I got to have a leadership training program, and they don't ever think about what do we need. <laughs> You know, why are we doing this? Why are we doing the leadership? Why are we spending $80,000 or $5,000, whatever that dollar amount is? Why are we doing it? And what do we hope to achieve when we do it? Um, and I've seen that, and I'm sure you've seen it. It, it. Countless organizations, they implement a program without knowing what they really want or what they anticipate to get out of it, and then they can't figure out a year later why we're not improving our performance. Man, and that's the, and that's the truth. And a lot of it stems from vision, vision and mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we don't have a vision of where we're going and why we're doing it, uh, that, that's number one. That's the that's the main issue. That should be communicated on a consistent basis. What's the vision? Where where are we going and why are we going there? You know, we're going to take this yeah. hill, and the 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 opponents are <laughs> the opponents have guns and we have spoons. You know, like mm-hmm. we're going to take this hill, and why in the world are we going to take this hill? Uh, because on the other yeah. side, you, you're gonna be able to eat all the cereal you can get. You can get as much cereal <laughs> as you want. <laughs> you might have to get shot in the process. You might have to, you might yeah. take a bullet yeah. for that. But and you and but it gives people something to rally around. And if they don't know why they're doing it, and if it's just the means to pay my bills, that's a means to an end. That's because I can go get that somewhere else where there's mm-hmm. less stress and I don't get yelled at or. I don't feel like I have to apply as much because some people are not. They're on the team just to get paid. And, but you have another sure. group of people that are on the team. To, they want to get paid. They understand they have to pay their bills. But they're looking to function and create change. And they're, they're into the vision. They've caught the vision. And they want to be a part of it. They want to see this thing grow. And, and uh, whatever the vision is, they want to see it come to fruition. And the only way you can get somebody like that to really grow in, in, in being more engaged is by casting vision. You have to cast the vision, and then you need to give them the mission on what they need to do in order to execute every part. Hey, gang, Ben here, and I wanted to take a quick minute to give a shout-out to the sponsor of this episode, Nutrition for OCR. Nutrition for OCR makes a nutritional supplement, which I have been personally taking for over a year now, called OCR Performance Stack. And if you're like me when you're trying to get into shape, or cut weight, or just perform better, your diet is often lacking in some vital nutrients. And you have to take a soiree of supplements to keep yourself healthy. I know I was in the past. At one point, I was taking probably 20 pills in the morning and another 20 pills or so throughout the day just to try and feel decent due to my extreme diet and training. Then I discovered OCR Performance Stack. Now, it doesn't have everything I need in it, but it does have a lot of the stuff that I was already taking. And it's one pill in the morning and one pill in the evening. It's got things like apple cider vinegar, forskolin, green tea leaf, B vitamins, chromium, pixilinate, and a variety of other things your body needs. And here's the cool thing. No jitters. Although OCR Performance Stack does have a little guarana in it, it doesn't give most people the jitters. 
Not like other supplements who are trying to fool you into thinking they're doing something or working just because they're loaded with stimulants and simply wiring you up. When in reality, that's all they're doing. They're just making you agitated and jittery. So if you're looking for something to give you an edge in your performance, in your fitness, or your overall health and wellness, then give OCR Performance Stack a try. You won't regret it. You can find it at nutritionforocr.com. That's nutrition, F-O-R-O-C-R.com. Now back to the show. You were talking about new leaders and organizations don't do a great job of casting vision. No, man. And, and so one of the things is with the whole casting vision is uh, people don't want to come to work just to come to work. That's, that's the routine. They want to come to work, and they want to know the organization that they're a part of is actually doing something, uh, that they're helping charities, and that they're part of some charitable, uh, charity, charitable uh, organization, that they're, um, they have a leader or leaders in place that give back, that they're serving the homeless and the needy, that they're taking care of the sick, uh, that the organization as a whole is helping society and it's impactful. You know, if you're going to, you know, be a dentist and you're going to come in and you're going to come in as a dentist assistant, uh, you want to make sure that you're not snatching people's teeth out all day long and that's what you're doing. You actually want to help restore some teeth, save some people's teeth, uh, so that when sure. people smile, they can build their confidence. Uh, hey, you know, let me pause you real quick and just kind of piggyback this. Do you, do you know the story about Patagonia? Are you familiar with the, the organization Patagonia? No, sir. And what they do, they allow their employees to go and do things that are specific to them that they're interested in of making the world a better place. And they actually, you know, give them time off to do that. And, you know, they've lost some employees over the years because of that, but they lose them. And they're, they're you know, upset about it. They lose them for better things. Um, and I think that I think a lot of organizations – uh, especially small business owners, they do what they do just for what you talk about. They do it just for a check. They do it just for income. They do it just to make a yeah. dollar. And they and they forget about the community around them that helps them build that business. Um, whatever it is, you know, like you said, feeding the homeless, and I know you're very involved in that stuff. You know, but it's whatever your – whatever, to me, as an organization, I think whatever your local community thing is that has a need, you know, whether – I got involved in helping adults – uh, learned to read at another organization years ago where I was at that I'd owned because that was my thing. I just was kind of shocked that we still had grown people in the United States that couldn't read um, because, you know, books, you know, I'm about books. Books are power, you know, knowledge is power and the application of that yeah, knowledge man. is power. And and for an adult not to be able to read, that's stunning their their uh, their ability to flourish. It, it just squashes their potential. you got to be, you know, we're getting off on a tangent, but you got to be able to read. So I think small business owners – really missed the boat, I'm, I'm gonna, I would say 90% of them missed the boat when it comes to what are you doing more than just trying to make a dollar, like you said. And same thing for leaders. What are you doing for yourself, for your team, for your group, for your organization, other than just making a dollar? And none of them have that mission, you know. They don't – and yeah. they may say it, right? Yeah, but in okay. action, it's something completely different. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, we've worked so, organizations – that have a, that even they'll cast vision, but it's a false vision, right? That's another another just as bad as not having so a vision. True. Yeah, so true. You know, but that's the reason why I, that's the reason why we founded uh, dots developing others through service DLTS, uh, and developing others through service is about bringing the community of entrepreneurs together. Uh, and we have business, I mean, different business networking groups where you can come together 
but that's for the the main purpose of just connecting businesses together to do business. Uh, but DOTS is a little bit more um, engaging in the sense that we bring businesses together, so one, so that they can connect together and do business together, but so that we can also come together to do things to serve the community. Uh, and it's been great because working with uh, Southeastern University, which is uh, a great university, and working with some of the other organizations in my local area, we've been able to get students to come together to serve at a nonprofit called Breaking Bread or a submissions group in Lakeland. Uh, and it's been amazing to see uh, the baseball team from Southeastern University who, by the way, shameless plug, won uh, the NIA World Series last year. <laughs> they came in and they was able, I was able to assist them and serve them. And, been, and in the process of serving them, uh, challenged them that, with an objective to go serve others. And they were able to go to Breaking Bread and serve uh, the, le- the, the less fortunate. And the response from these young college student athletes uh, was just mind blowing, and what it was is what it what it it's doing is is taking people that are going to college just to make money to see that I want to make money in addition to being more fulfilled and doing things in life that's fulfilling because there's a there's a huge need in our in our society, and we don't want to miss the need just for the money. So how do we find this balance? And so what sure. DOTS does is it brings businesses together so that we can all make money and then so that we can serve in our community so we can become better as a whole. You know, and that's a, that's a, a perfect little segue to something we talked about before the call. Um, you know, a lot of businesses don't want to get out and do things in the community, and they don't want to, uh, you know, do even I won't say free, but you know, whatever free or low charge trainings or whatever, because they fear it's going to take away. Like I, I do some some seminars here locally and workshops locally uh, in South Louisiana where I work at for free for the community, and I do them on like managing conflict and uh, interpersonal communications for because I think those are core competencies that all leaders should have, right? Um, they're just Absolutely. they're kind of basic, but they're lacking, and there's a need, and and I do them for free because I feel like if I make my community stronger, if I make the leaders and these organizations here locally stronger, and that little coffee shop on the corner, the little cupcake company on the corner thrives because of those few little free trainings. And I've done something in my community, and now the entire community is better because now that, you know, taxes to fix the roads have, you know, increased because of their sales increase, the organization increased. Maybe they've hired three more employees, and now we have three more people in the community that have jobs that didn't. So that, that's, yeah, to me, to give back. Now, did I lose a little money maybe where I could have made some money because I did it free versus charging? Yeah, but the community that I flourish in and my children flourish in that are growing up in the school that, you know, my kids go to public school, schools here, um, they're flourishing. And that's, like you said, that's way more valuable than those few dollars that you put in your back pocket. Um, so, to t- you know, I want to kind of talk a little bit about that a little more because we talked about that before the call about, you know, the fear that a lot of business owners or even, you know, you know, you got these young kids that are going through college that are they're going to be business owners and leaders in the future in some organizations. There's that fear of I don't want to share, right, what I know yeah. or share whatever, that resource, because it's going to somehow take away from what I do. do you, what, where are you seeing that at and, and how are you overcoming that? Like what, what's your – I know you don't, can't give us the whole process, but kind of, you know, how are you sharing? Like I saw your video with those kids. I say kids, I mean they're grown adults, but 
because colleges, they just won the championship. And I know when I was younger in college, if I had won the championship, what I'd have been doing yeah. that weekend. And it wouldn't have probably been, you know, probably wouldn't have been, uh, you know, taking, you know, my party weekend and going and serving others. Like, how did you, how did you accomplish this, Nate? Well, I think, um, well, part of it, I have to give credit to the leadership. So uh, the AD um, at Southeastern University drew, uh, Drew Watson, this this guy is is amazing. So he does a leadership retreat for his faculty and coaches, so his staff and the coaches, and he's pouring into them and he's investing into them and he's casting vision, but then also sharing with them what the mission is. Uh, and one of the great things about um, him is he's he watches people um, before he allows them to come in to speak to his people. So he's very protective and he guards. Uh, his staff. Uh, and I think that's respectable because you don't just want anyone coming in sharing anything. But he allowed me an opportunity to come in and speak. And from that, the the baseball coach, you know, said, I, w- I would love for you with my background being a, uh, a pastor. Um, he said, with your background, I would love for you to come in and be the chaplain. And it grew from there. But the thing is, to answer your question is, most people are afraid to align with someone who's doing the same thing that they're doing because they feel like there's not enough opportunity out in the community or in this world to share. Uh, and so what happens is is we either fall off or we start to uh, disrespect each other and we bash each other. When there's roughly seven, seven, almost eight billion people on this planet, there's enough opportunity for us to align and furthermore, Ben, you and I could be doing the same thing, um, but the thing that makes us different is we're, our upbringing, our ideals are a little bit different. We may have the same end results, and we want to get to the same end result, but the thing that is different is our journey is different. So we journey different paths to get to the same end result. And, and, in, and the beauty in that is because we're journeying different paths, we have different audiences that we, we reach and people we gather along the way. Mm-hmm. So it may be an overlap of over, you know, 10 to 20 percent. However, there's an 80 percent very or 80 percent difference right here that we're able to both play with that we can get through where we can both be successful, be impactful, be fulfilled, and then you can see lives change. And furthermore, we live in different areas. So and sure. the idea here is if people stop trying to become nationally known before they're locally known, you can become more successful. Mm-hmm. So the idea is to uh, go back to the go back to the um the book that I that I mentioned is the seven habits of highly effective people is, you know, keep the first thing the first thing. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, sure. keep the put put the first thing first. And it's I can't uh-huh. master the region if I haven't mastered my town. And so if sure. I'm going to be productive in anything, let me maximize the business opportunities locally. And then once I'm able to handle it locally, then I could go regionally and then I can go even broader. But the idea is I'm, I don't want to outgrow myself. And those are some of the books, some of the, the things that I, I, I talk about in my book. Um, one of the topics or one of the chapters is called The Steps. And uh, the idea is I, I, was, I was managing a group of people, and we, I was taking them out to, a, to an event 
so we can do some team building exercises. Uh, and it's an opportunity for them to open up, and we sit down and, you know, we eat, and, and this is an opportunity for them to ask me whatever they want. We can talk about whatever they want. Uh, and this is just an opportunity for us to connect on a different level. And in the process, we get to this facility, and as we're going, as we enter in and we're in the foyer, you have to go up about 20 steps in order to get to the main floor uh, or the main center, so where all the fun and activities are. And so I told my team, I said, stop. Don't go up the steps. Let's stand back and let's watch people walk up the steps. And we started to watch people go up the steps. And, Ben, this is one of the most powerful lessons um, I've ever you know, given or and even witnessed, and the idea was, you know, to sit back and watch how people handled the steps. And you would see some people go; they're holding on to the rail, and they would go one step at a time. You would see others being assisted going up the steps, and then there were others that would skip two and three steps at a time, two and three steps at a time. And at one point, there's this person that runs, and they're skipping the steps, and there's so many steps that they have to skip to get to the top, I said to my team real quick, I said, keep watching. And the person misses one of the steps and they fall forward. So they didn't hurt themselves, but they fall forward because they missed the step and they fell forward and they stopped. And I said, what do you think happens now? And the team is looking at me and they're like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. They was like, I don't know. What do you think is going to happen? I said, this person is now going to respect the steps, and I guarantee they'll walk up one step at a time. <laughs> after checking on, right? <laughs> after, che- after checking the person and making sure that they were well, they were okay. The only thing that was hurt was their pride. Right. They went up one step at a time, one step at a time. They had and learned a valuable the, lesson, right? Whoo! Powerful lesson, man. And the idea is, why are we trying to rush the process? Mm-hmm. When we should really embrace the process, all learning is is taking time to learn. All we're doing is we're taking knowledge and we're taking in information, and then from that we apply it. So if you look at the way a, a step is formed, you have a rise, which is why you raise your foot up. Then you have a tread, which you place your foot on on a step, if you can catch that mm-hmm. visual, right? And all information is is we gather information. That's the rise. We're gathering information in, but then the tread is the part where we place our foot on, and I teach that as that's a moment of application. And so in mm-hmm. some steps, you have a tread that is long, and you can walk on that tread, take two steps on that tread before you have to get to another rise. And some mm-hmm. steps are so short or so, or so narrow, we call them, that you, can, you almost have to put your, your toe on it, and that's the only part of your foot that can get on the step, especially if you're going up a spiral staircase. Mm-hmm. The idea, though, is information that we gather determines how high we go. Mm-hmm. But what good is height without being broad enough to touch people? And that's where we have application. So as we learn more, we have to give a period of stop, 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 stop trying to go higher, but let's kind of plateau for a second so we can apply what we've learned. And then we can get some more information, go higher, then we can plateau and apply what we've learned. And that's what wisdom is. That's the difference between wisdom and knowledge. Not just being, being just, or uh, that's the difference between wisdom and having information or knowledge is just a gathering of information, that's knowledge, 
and then application is wisdom. And what we need, especially in this business world, is we need people to act in wisdom, not just being competent in, in conducting whatever they do for their profession, but how do we apply ourselves in our community where we can be effective? And then in the process, we've learned to take our time in this journey because the journey is really where everything is. It's not the end result. The end result is inevitable. It's going to happen if you follow the right steps. You know, mm-hmm. when you play football, Ben, I'm a sports fan. I can't help it. Uh, when, you, when you play football, if you, the idea you don't teach your team to score touchdowns. That's, that's never been the goal. You teach your team how to run plays to gain yards. You practice plays to gain yards, practice plays sure. to gain yards. And if you do that with excellence, the touchdown is inevitable. Sure. It's the behavior that happens before the touchdown that gets you there. You're preaching, brother. I, <laughs> I want to pause you real quick because there was something you mentioned that I think was very important and we, want to, we don't want to skip over. And we, we've talked about it a little bit you know, previously uh, in, in this conversation, but you know, we talked about getting those, those uh, students and those players and that, and that youth, and, and again, you can apply this to anyone in your organization, to get them to do something you want them to do. How did you get those kids to go and serve, you know, serve others, which is very tough for, you know, for 19, 20-year-olds, instead of going to party, and, and, you, and you, you, you hit it perfectly, and, and it, it's, organizations skip this, as you, as you said, the leadership came together and they shared that vision. And I, and I just, I think we need to preach that a little bit more, is that as a small business owner or as a leader in any size organization, whether you're in middle management or you're just, you're a store manager somewhere in Nebraska, you got to share whatever that vision is with your team, and you got to share it consistent, and then you, you have to live it right, so that they live it. That's it. That's it. They, because they have if, to see if it. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if they don't see it, like, you know, if you're that leadership team, um, the gentleman you said brought his entire leadership team together and shared that vision, if he hadn't done that, and then it, it trickled down through the entire organization, right, through the entire camp, the entire club, then you probably wouldn't have been successful uh, with, with getting, you know, the team to do what they did. Would you agree with that? Is that pretty accurate? No, I, I, no, it's, it's, it's absolutely true. Even one of the organizations I, um, I had an opportunity to work for and, um, and, and serve, you know, I sat down with their leadership team and we discussed what the vision was. And so what are, what are you, what, at the end of the day, you want to make money, right or wrong? They said, yes. I said, okay, so why do you want to make money? <laughs> right. <laughs> Comes back to that why, like I said, I hate to. Yeah. It sounds cliche, but exactly. Why are you here? Because you and, I, and this is a, a great, uh, you know, transition to what we talked about earlier. Was you know you can't take it with you, right? That's it. What do you What are you leaving? You know, what are you leaving yeah. behind? And we all have to. Uh-huh. We're going to all leave a legacy of something. We just have to determine what that legacy is, and that's the part of the reason why I wrote the book that I wrote, uh, is because. You know, I, at the end of the day, I want to leave an inheritance, an inheritance for my children, and I want to leave a great name. Uh, but at the end, you know, beyond that, there have to be there. There must be some principles and some things like integrity, ethical things that I instill in my loved ones. You know, so they don't just say that Dad was a hard worker, but Dad was also patient. Dad was also gracious. Dad also gave. Dad was stern. He didn't play too much. He played, but he didn't play. You understand? Uh, mm-hmm. There has yeah. to be some, 
there's a legacy. There's things that are greater. And I'm and the only reason I'm saying this is because I have, I have my master's degree in, in in marriage and family counseling, and so I counsel couples uh, as well. And in the process of counseling couples, I I talk to couples where men and women are multimillionaires. They're set for the rest of their lives and for and their families are generation after generation after generation because they have money but they don't have a great relationship with their spouse. Their children despise them. The children just want to get the money so they can go do what they want to do. Um, they're not effective in their business because they don't take time to stop and get to know the people that work for them. Sure. Uh, it, you know something that's crazy is I had an opportunity to go to a uh, work with a business that I'm still working with, so I can't talk about the company right now, uh, but business that I'm working with and the president of the organization, you know, once a month stops, takes two or three days and goes to the local businesses to talk to the people on the front line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his purpose build is build relationship, right? Build the relationship. I'm not untouchable. I'm not this this guy up here making decisions and I don't talk to you or consult with you, but he's getting a chance to know the people and whenever organizations, small business owners, large business owners, it doesn't matter. If you stop doing skip level reviews, if you stop sitting down with your front line, the people that are actually touching your customers or, or your guests, if you, mm-hmm. if you stop communicating with them to find out where they are, you miss the pulse beat of your organization. Mm-hmm. Not very true. Yeah, a lot, a lot of leaders, like, they feel like they've arrived. I've gotten here. Finally, I'm at the top. Right, I'm sitting in the king's chair, and they forget to talk to their subjects, right? The next thing you know, the subjects are at the, at the gates with pitchforks and torches burning the castle down. Throw the king, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So you, you got it. And, and I think as a, as a nation, we've gotten a little better, at least about talking about that type of stuff. You see it a lot, um, you know, through various social media, LinkedIn, whatever, that they're talking about these are the behaviors that good leaders should have, but it's still not enough. I don't, I don't see enough leaders... Um, even in you know medium-sized small businesses doing that, um, and I'm guilty of it. I, I at one point had four oh, retail yeah. locations. Yeah, and and I, I didn't have time to uh, to touch base with all my employees, or I thought I didn't have time. I, I thought it was not as important. And you start seeing your turnover rise, right? And you start to realize it's because I'm not building those relationships, I'm not building those connections. Uh, Nate, before we go, is there anything else that you would like to share or pass on to our audience? I know we talked a lot of a lot about a lot of things, and we we we've, we've there's probably a ton of golden nuggets in here that we didn't even really point out. It's, you know, if you listen closely, I'm sure there's a lot to be gleaned. But is there anything else you think that our audience needs to know uh, that you'd like to share with them before we go? Well, you know, thank you. First, let me just say thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to come on and speak. Uh, one of the things that I would just challenge people to do is, you know, get a, get a reading, get a list of books to read. And um, uh, I'm a huge fan of reading uh, the books that – I give you are not books that are, you know, being the, that are endorsed by me or, or they're, they're not, I'm not their sponsors and they don't sponsor me, but there's just great reading material. Uh, and I'm just a fan of reading. And I think we started a conversation with reading and how important it is. Ben was talking about it at one point in the conversation that it is important that you read. In um, reading, all it is is just that's another step. And I don't want to get away from that. If I can leave at one point, and you remember the story of the steps, how impactful it is to 
respect the process and every step is important. No step should be skipped in life. Every step is extremely important because it sets you up for the next step to get you to the platform you want to be in. So uh, if, if you love to read um, The Fifth Discipline by Peter Senge is a phenomenal mm-hmm. book. They teach it in universities if you go sure. to get a degree in leadership. Um, the mm-hmm. Fifth Discipline by Peter Senge. Uh, another one is The Seven ha- Habits of Highly Effective People um, by Covey. And then one of, mm-hmm. another one of my favorites is The Multiplier, The Multipliers by Liz Wiseman. Uh, she's phenomenal. I'm a huge fan. So respect the steps. Keep digging in and take your time and enjoy the process. Don't be so stuck on the end result that you forget the process. The, the process is where you get the most information. That's where you build your competencies. That's where you become effective. That's where you really gain leaders or uh, gain followerships, and your leadership steps to the next level is in the process, not at the end result. Man, those are all excellent books. Uh, the Fifth Discipline, I also had to read it when I got my master's. And uh, it, I'll, I'll tell you, for a lot of people, it's, it's going to be a tough read, not because it's hard to understand. It's just kind of a it's, – it's, it's very um, – I don't want to say science but it's, it's very academic to some extent. Yeah, um, research. Yeah, and so for a lot of us, not, it's, it's not going to be an easy read. But if you can force yourself to get through it, I tell you, you know, the, like you said, the, the impact it can have on your business, that it can have on you as a leader is profound. I mean, the systems thinking – um, way of uh, of life or philosophy, and, and uh, I just can't say that. I don't care what kind of business you're in. Doesn't matter what industry. You're not unique. Definitely check that book out. I obviously have read uh, the Seven Habits, and I have not read the Multiplier, so I'm going to go check that one out. So thank you for for uh, sharing that. And I'm the same way. I love to you know, I love to read, and I love to to educate myself. Um, and I say that a lot in my practice. You know, if you're waiting. Uh, for your organization to train you or you're waiting for your organization to teach you something, you may be waiting, you know, especially if you're a business owner. Who's, who, who's, who's teaching the business owner, right? Uh, nobody, right? There's no HR department. You are the HR department. So go and educate yourself. Read books, whatever it takes. Attend workshops and seminars and things like that. Absolutely. Um, Nate, so if, if people, you know, where can people find you that like to learn more about what you do, about your upcoming book, and or to connect with you? Where can they find you? Oh, absolutely, man. You can you can first check me out on, on the website, which is www.dotservice.org. That's www.dotservice.org. Uh, and you can also, on Facebook, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, my name is Nathaniel Woods on LinkedIn, but everything else you can go to dotservice.llc. D-O-T, I'm awesome. sorry, D-O-T Service. Let me say that one more time. D-O-T Service, O-R-G. D-O-T Service, O-R-G. And you can follow me on, on that on that um, on the website. Excellent. That, and I'll put all that in the show. Go ahead. No, I said you, you follow D-O-T Service, O-R-G. That's, that's, my, that's my name on Twitter and and Instagram, oh. you'll see pictures of me with organizations and, and speaking. And um, hopefully you'll be able to see the link to this so that you can go and follow this as well. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I'll, I'll put all that in the show notes. I'll make sure we have your web, your web address and your, uh, your Twitter and Instagram names. I'll get all that from you, and we'll put that all in the show notes. So anyone who wants to learn a little more about Nate, obviously 
if you if you're not if you're driving and you can't write this down, just check out the show page. It'll have all that information for you. Nate, thank you for joining us today. Uh, we'll definitely have you back on the show, and I hope that everyone out there uh, learned at least one thing that can help take them to the next level. Hey, thanks for listening today. For more episodes, make sure to click the subscribe button below and check out our blog for other impactful information that might be of interest to you at vizanaconsulting.com forward slash blog. That's Vizana, V is in victory, E-Z-I-N-A, consulting.com slash blog. If you have a question or would like to suggest a topic for a future episode, you can email us at podcast at vizanaconsulting.com. That's podcast at vizanaconsulting.com. I'm your host, Ben Vizanaw, and I'll see you next time on the Next Level Leadership and Small Business Owner Show.